Well, hello there, gang. Once again, we've got another episode of 50 Years Later with Jim Bumgardner. And by golly, I'm once again glad to be here today talking to you. And today's subject matter is going to discuss streaming, streaming channels specifically, and why I believe they matter so much. Well, most certainly to me. Hello again there, my dear, 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 dear podcast listener. Uh, hi, how are you? Your old buddy Jimbo here. And it is 50 years later where it's the podcast that is kind of about nothing but everything all at the same time. And it, uh, is, it's my outreach to you where I get the opportunity to talk to myself in a way. But actually, I know I'm not. I'm watching the numbers and I thank every single one of you who have been tuning in regularly and also helping grow this thing. If you'd like to continue doing that, you won't hear me say no. I do truly appreciate it. Been a big week, man. Leading because it's like this is Tuesday now, January the third, twenty twenty-three, and leading up to this and the whole run and boy, golly, I've covered some of that on the JimsToyBox.com blog and talking about some of the things that we've been doing and having done and, and all that throughout the festive birthdays and holiday seasons that uh, we have around my neck of the woods and it's been great it really has and uh i couldn't be happier with everything in my particular station in life and that mainly comes from taking action again this podcast and pretty much everything that i'm putting out as a podcaster a writer a movie maker and a speaker revolves around the three keys that make everything you could ever want happen and that's your imagination your belief and taking action guarantee you're going to get good results, man. Um, And the more I do this every day and follow my own words, the more I see that is true, period. Um, That's where actually in today's topic of streaming channels and why they are important. Uh, Now to the general audience at large, uh, because this is a general audience kind of podcast, um, you might, yeah, I think you'll get something out of this too. But if you are a business or a civic organization or a very serious hobbyist who needs a group um, and things like that, uh, I'm just going to share this with you because this is why I am doing what I do with having a streaming channel available to a global audience on the using the Roku platform. And it's funny because I can say that now, the Roku platform, pretty much everyone out there, you're going to be familiar with the term Roku if you don't already have one of the boxes in your home or a Roku television. <laughs> but I can tell you, you know, 10 years ago, my goodness, everybody would really look at me like I had two heads when I would say the word Roku. And I had built a channel back then uh, and it was, it was a little more difficult then than it is now. Like most things, it evolves and gets better and better. There are services that are provided that can help you in the process even more so. I use one of those myself. And again, as, um, as when the time is right, I'm going to share all of that with you in case you are of the mind that you do want to go in this direction. And if you, if you are after today's show and you do have some questions, shoot me an email at jimsmigos at yahoo.com and I'll be glad to field some of those for you and point you in the directions that I've taken because they work and they're affordable and they, they're great. They really are. Uh, yesterday's blog post, and I think I may have mentioned the podcast as well. Anyway, I was getting geared up to launch the streaming channel again for Jim's Toy Box. 
Well, all the glitches and hitches and everything that I had uh, goofed on are gone now. So if you go to the Roku channel store and you type in Jim's Toy Box, voila, the channel is there once again after a pretty long hiatus. And because, well, it's just what it's been. But now I know that in, in my goals of being a movie maker, which is very broad, because I mean, I also plan on doing short, you know, short form, long form film, as well as television formatted series. So I'm not really limiting myself in any type of pres presentation, but I just use the term movie maker because that's a, that's a good one. That's a good catch all phrase. So that's what I'm using. But anyway, I got it back up and running uh, this morning. Everything went off great. If you go now, the thing that's up as kind of the, the first out of the box one is an interview I did way back in 2013 with Julie Adams, who was the uh, co-star along with Creech and Creature from the Black Lagoon back in 1954. At that time in 2013, her and her son had collaborated on her autobiography, The Lucky Southern Star. And it's uh, it's a great read and a wonderful story, an inspiring story of how she started off uh, being born in Iowa, but being raised in Arkansas and making it to truly the heights of what Hollywood had to offer and had a long and illustrious career. And again, the creature from the Black Lagoon role as Kay was very, very good for her. But that's the big one, right? That's that big pop culture moment that... I'm sure every aspiring actor or actress and writer and producer and director would want to have something that gets locked into the pop culture lexicon. And even if you didn't know Julie's name and you didn't realize that her name in the movie was Kay, you did know there was a damsel in distress, but uh, the creature had a thing for it. And <laughs> there you go. Um, anyway, it was really cool revisiting that to put it up on the streaming channel and it is still on youtube too so you can go to the jack entertainment network youtube channel but here's the thing the reason why i've taken that extra step to have my own personal streaming channel paying for my own web hosting or video hosting and broadband if you will the reason i'm doing that is because youtube is a ginormous pain these days. And now this is not to speak to any type of censorship arguments that people have, which I am not saying is not true. And I'm not saying is a completely dictatorial situation. Not saying that either. What I am saying though, from firsthand experience is to put anything on YouTube right now, you immediately open the door to the hassles and perils that come from copyright strikes, uh, guideline strikes, and all the other rules that they have in place that they find are, is in their best interest as a company. That's their choice, and they make their rules go right ahead. Now, I could also put it on Rumble, which has less of those nonsensical things, because getting back to that when it comes to those strikes, again, community standards are remarkably subjective. You do not know for sure what you're going to say that may be found as, a, as offensive in their guidelines. I don't want to deal with that. And then the copyright thing is ludicrous because I, I've had a copyright strike thrown at me once or twice over things that were 100% in-house. No one had anything to do with it but me. And then there have been other things that they were, to the best of my knowledge, and my understanding of rules uh, were public domain pieces. 
that no one can claim copyright over because that's really the truth. But apparently they can now. So, you know what? I don't want those hassles for the things that I put together. I will most likely still use YouTube and Rumble and other social platforms to promote things in that regard whenever I release something. But there's no way I would just use that as my primary hosting ever again. I just won't do it. I would rather have something out there where I know it's as safe and secure as it can be that will, again, it's for you. I'm sharing this with you. If the if it pops, if you will, and makes a viral stance of some sort, and you guys love it so much you want to share it and tell everybody about it, and they hop on board, fantastic. I appreciate that a lot. But more importantly, I want it to be to where that could happen without having to deal with any nonsense that it's just not right. I mean, it's just it's stupid. I mean, I have looked over the years, and this is how I got involved with the Roku developer platform in the first place, with a method to build a streaming television channel um, or radio station. I've done that too. But the biggest thing with those, and again, rules is rules, baby. But when it comes to licensing nowadays for music and television and all that, it's, it's just a knotted web. Cost is one thing, but the various hoops and such that you have to go through to do these things was just not something I cared to tackle. I still wanted it though, but I didn't want all that nonsense to go that goes along with it. It just I, I think it's messy, and eventually those things are going to fade away because they're not going to have a choice. Uh, you can you know the YouTubes of the world and other th- other services like that. They're going they're going to have to have a lot of those things fall to the wayside just by default. Otherwise, they're going to lose their audience share. Period. It's just the way it works. Uh, People will not want to deal with it. And the more people who wake up to realizing that in posting the content that they create, be it informative or entertaining, on those sites for free uh, is free for them, but the other guys are the ones making the money off your efforts. And again, you know, it's a trade-off, but also inside of that trade-off, there has to be a semblance of reward for the the creators, the artists, the the muses out there who are making this stuff. Now we are in a very interesting time to where I, I mean my personal observation and perspective when it comes to creating something for public consumption, at best, at best, say you make a film and you want this film to make you some money. If you are putting anything online, I can assure you, you've got at best two weeks two weeks tops to make the main meat of your money. Now, there may be some residuals that come down the line, but I promise you it will be a much smaller, so I'm talking like almost infinitesimal uh, percentage of returns you'll get after that first two-week period. Lots of reasons for that. Number one, you got the initial marketing push that you'll have to do to get thing, get people paying attention to it. And then secondly, um, if it's good enough, I can assure you people will be swiping and downloading it and bootlegging it and everything else because that's just the nature of that cyber world and it has been since it really came into the public consciousness regardless of services such as like if you remember the old LimeWire and uh, what was it called the uh, the Napster those things where they had file sharing very specifically for that intent uh, man there there's a billion of them ever since now while those got shut down or sued out of existence that's great 
but it never stops ever and it never will because of the nature of the medium the online medium for distribution there's no such thing as being protected okay don't kid yourself there may be certain things that some of the providers put out there that's like well we'll keep your content safe nah good luck because someone can always work around it just fact but again streaming and a streaming channel and the reason why I think it's beneficial to businesses, organizations, hobbyists, and such, is that it does allow you to control that content better. And you're building something. Think of it as going the next level from a channel to a more physical location, such as, say, a movie theater. Because inside of your channel, those cyber walls, if you will, you, you really do have better control of your your place because the only thing on there is what you put on there. You control it. So if you're a, say, say you're a hot dog shop that has clever commercials and a mascot and you come up with some really fun and frisky ideas to promote your hot dog shop to your core customers who signed up for, say, an email list or something, or they just like you and they think the mascot's cute, a streaming channel could be a great way to put together very specific content targeted directly to them for whatever means and ends that you have in mind. You know, now some could say when it comes to sites such as Patreon, again, I, I can see the positive and the negative on both of those. The, I'll hit the negatives first. For me personally, a Patreon platform, I don't. Yeah, you know, and I've toyed with it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say, oh, no. No, I've toyed with it. But the more I looked at it and the more I thought about it, I don't like it. Because anything that involves a pay-to-play scenario in general is just not... I don't like that. It doesn't sit well with me. Um, I just don't. I, I mean, I am, I am the type that when I put something out there, I know it's out there and it's gone. I also know that if I do want to generate revenue from it and monetize these things, well, I don't necessarily want the content itself monetized like that. I mean, I, I, I'm much more comfortable and confident in that the audience that I'm striving for would appreciate less of that forced viewership patronage and just, you know, the ads that are in place, be it uh, a clickable ad on jimstoybox.com, or if I insert one inside of a program that fits and doesn't break it up, uh, you'll respond to that in kind if it's something that you feel that you need or want. And as a thank you for what you gathered from me, that great phrase that um, I picked up from Earl Nightingale. I was trying to remember which one, but... Because Errol Nightingale was great about quoting from Napoleon Hill and other particular writers of his era and time. But you've got to make sure that what you are offering people offers more use value than cash value that you receive. And everybody will be happy in that. You be real, realistic about the cash that you would like to receive for your product, good, or service. And it delivers something that the person on the other end gets more use out of. There, that's a beautiful circle. It's a beautiful circle, and that's that's why I base everything that I'm doing here.
And that's another reason why when it comes to the streaming channel of Jim's Toy Box that you find on the Roku platform, you will never have to go through a paywall to get to it. In the event I release something or I produce something, such as, say, a a long-form film, a feature film, or a documentary, I put something like that out. Well, I know most likely the way that's going to go down is I'm going to open that up as probably a DVD, more so than a digital download, because the physical medium still matters. Uh, And I'll offer it up like that, and I know there's a window for that. And I don't have to leave it there forever. And I can pull it down and do like Disney used to do back in the day with their little shenanigans of the Disney Vault. Where they make something available for a while, build up the sense of urgency, then pull it off the market for X number of years. Um, I, I like that. I do. I, I, I do. It's like if you're going to sell something, you have to have a sense of urgency to close the deal. And that's a good way to do it. It's a fair way to do it. And, and there's no reason to clutter up the digital space just for the sake of potential you know, 10-cent royalties once every six months. Nah, it's cluttered. I don't like it. And it cheapens the product, in my opinion. So, there you go. Oh, and what else has been going on? Uh, Speaking of which, uh, thinking about movies and such, I did go see Avatar 2 Electric Boogaloo yesterday with my in-laws and my wife and my daughter, and uh, it was worth a watch. It really was. I was a little not looking forward to it. I'm not, I'm so over so many sequels, reboots, rehashes, but this was a good sequel. This was not the greatest movie of all time. It's not a phenomenon. It's not groundbreaking uh, on the whole to a general audience, but it is a very, it's a very solid sequel story. There's clunky parts, sure. Uh, the ending is, you know, up for debate if you like that particular type of ending. But on the whole, it was an enjoyable watch. The pacing was really good. The visuals are stunning. Um, they've come a long way in making cartoons, man. And, and that's what you really got to understand. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I would say I would recommend it, but I wouldn't recommend against it. I hear so many of the, the people who are just angry, bashing everything that comes out now. You always had trolls, but now it's like the trolls are louder and louder and louder. But you do yourself a favor. I mean, if you like the first one, you're going to like the second one. I'm pretty sure. Uh, some story points may make you mad. But in general, as far as a film to watch, it's a good one. It really is. Um, what else is going on? I don't know, man. You know, there's just so much that I've got laid out as far as the efforts that I'm putting forward every day. It has nothing to do with resolutions. It has everything to do with goals. And they're all working so well. And I know that that momentum has come from the three keys that I keep pushing to you. Your imagination, your belief in that, and your action taken. And you're going to make it, man. I promise you. Because I am. And the best part is, that won't cost you a single dime. Those three keys are available to any and everyone on the planet. And they always have been. They always will be. I hope. But right now, they definitely are. And I know using those three keys have helped me exponentially. And again, I stress to you from a previous podcast that choosing your medium is important because it's a great way to anchor yourself, no pun intended for the platform, but to anchor yourself into how you express yourself best, most comfortable, most naturally, to where you can get into the habit 
that will help you continue the better and better habits to get you to those goals you do want to achieve. That in itself is a whole other subject I'm thinking about tackling when it comes to the world of self-help and the world of manifestations. And I say those with a little bit of scorn in my voice and sarcasm because of all the studying I've done of those things, the self-help community, that manifestation community, all those things, I, I do believe the majority are sincere in what they're putting out. I appreciate the flair that they put out to get their particular perspective out in front of you and grabbing your attention. But I think it gets overcomplicated. And maybe for me, I'm oversimplifying. But then again, I'm not trying to sell that to you. I don't want to sell that to you. I would rather see you go out there and and take the same path I did. Study, read. Read and study. Apply. See what happens. See what works. See what doesn't work. Don't get taken. (laughs) I can tell you that. Uh, I I know for me, that was never an issue for me. Uh, The closest I've come to getting taken on any of those things would simply be, one, purchasing a book. But that's a one-time deal. Okay, no no back-and-forth long-term crazy fees for workshops things. Nope, nah. That book had better be really good to get me to that next level. Uh, And the other thing being... The time that you invest in studying this stuff. And you can get caught up. And uh, many people do. And it is one of those things to where you can paralyze yourself in thinking you're taking action to where you're actually taking no action whatsoever. Uh, there's a particular phrase that's used in that. But, I mean, it really is. It's like in the effort of trying to do something, you think you're doing something when you're really not. You're just kind of going in, in a hamster wheel and don't even realize it because you feel like you're being productive. But you're not making any progress. Again, that's one of the things with the with the streaming channel. For me, it was part of a cycle that I had gotten into that was indeed a rut to where I was so hell-bent on making sure I knew how to do everything all the time and how to make it better all the time. So much so, caught up in the process of building, I stopped creating And that led to some serious burnout because it seemed like I was working all the time, which I was, but I wasn't making any progress at all, even though I believed that I was because of the repetition of my actions. It was just a terrible trap to be in. And I'm just advising against that for you to be mindful of that because you can do that. You can get caught into the web of reading every self-help book you find or watching every self-help video you find out there on YouTube and everywhere else following the influencers and whatnot. And while you think you're making progress, you're not even coming close. And uh, that's, that's a terrible trap. That it's the force for the trees type thing we get into. But anyway, I broke it down simply for you. Imagine, believe, and action. And you keep following this podcast, the blog at jimsoybox.com, tuning into the streaming channel, and the speaking engagements that are going to be coming this year. You're going to find out that it does work. And I wouldn't tell you anything differently because I still got to sleep with me every single night. And I'm sleeping like a baby these days when I get the opportunity. It's been busy. It really has. But I'm going to wrap this one up, kids. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day today. I know I am bucking for it myself as I head off to the day job, which is another step along the way to the bigger steps that I'm taking. So until next time, we'll see what happens over the next 50 years. 
day by day with me, Jim Bumgardner. Have a great one, guys.